just uh, thinking, well, a lot of things, but boy, we, we're so blessed to have a talented group that uh, lead us every week in worship, and uh, I, I'm just so thankful for all all of you guys that use your gifts, whether you're doing security or, or um, you know, singing, uh, which is definitely not my gift, um, uh, and I even... Um, was told Caitlin had picked out the first song. She had, she had found it on, I think she said Facebook, so that was cool. Um, we're we're going to look at the uh, greatest sermon uh, that most people say was ever taught, so no pressure there, but uh, we're going to be looking at Jesus. He's the one that taught the greatest sermon, definitely not me. But uh, before we do that, I was thinking about a story. This really goes hand in hand, I guess, but... Um, Parents discipline their kids in many different ways, and um, this particular parent had disciplined his son. His son had gotten in trouble, and he said, that's it. You go get your chair and go to the corner and sit in that chair and stare at the corner. I don't, I don't know if people still do that, but so anyway, that little boy grabbed the chair, and he, I mean, he was so mad, he, he walked over, and he plopped that chair down, and he looked over at his dad, and he said, Dad... I just want you to know, while I'm sitting in this chair standing at, uh, staring at that wall, I'm standing up looking straight at you in my heart. So uh, I, I don't know if uh, <laughs> that relates to you sometime uh, when you've been disciplined, but uh, that, that story came to mind. We're going to be looking at a great story, uh, a great passage of Scripture, uh, but I wanted to start this morning with a story that Jesus taught that will go with Matthew chapter 5. And, and so we're going to look at it first. If you'll go ahead and pull up Luke 18, uh, 9 through 14. And then the rest of the sermon, mostly we're going to look at chapter 5 and verse 17 through 20. But let's look at this story um, and what Jesus was trying to teach, or, or wasn't trying to teach, he did teach. Uh, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable, this story. So, again, in, in Jesus' day, there were a lot of people that tended to think that they were self-righteous. Most of them were people that were actively involved in church. And Jesus said, well, let me, let me clarify. I want you to understand what true righteousness really looks like, what truly mean, uh, being right with God looks at like. And uh, so he shared this story. He said, two men went up to the temple or the church to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And of course, you guys know tax collectors were hated because they were uh, collecting taxes for the enemy Rome at the time. So the Jewish people hated tax collectors. So the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself to God. And he said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. Now, he had a lot of uh, guts, didn't he? I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He, was not even, uh, he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Big difference, right? Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home right with God or justified before God for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled 
and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus was setting up a clear picture of what it meant to be right with God. And sadly, in the day in which Jesus lived, the religious leadership was setting a standard that didn't match up to the scripture. And matter of fact, when you, when you heard that story, the Pharisee and his arrogance was saying, you know, God, I fast twice a week. Well, the, the Bible, when it talked about fasting, it was once a year. So this guy was following a lot of rules and doing a lot of things that looked good, even giving money to the church, which is, which is a good thing. But God wanted to show something completely different. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17 uh, and uh, verse 17 through 20. And uh, we're going to see, uh, matter of fact, before I get into this, these verses is really the heart of all of chapter 5, 6, and 7 in Matthew. If you look at these verses that I'm going to read today, it goes back to what the core lesson that Jesus wanted to teach. Before I do that, though, I'm going to set the stage. The first week we started the greatest sermon, Zach preached, uh, Matthew 5, 1 through 13. And basically he was talking, what Jesus was setting up, he was laying the groundwork in his sermon. He was setting up the character that a person who follows Jesus, I'm, I'm getting tongue-tied, the person who follows Jesus should have. And he began to, to list things like, you should thirst and hunger for righteousness. You should really want to have the heartbeat of God, is what he was saying. And he said, uh, you should be poor in spirit. Now, what we read in Luke 18, did it seem like the religious establishment was poor in spirit? Any of those things? No, man. They had the outward expression down, but God knew something in their core was, was badly, badly wrong. And so he's setting the stage. So when we get to this passage in verse 17, he's continuing to lay the groundwork. But even as we had used Sunday last week, Travis taught, that uh, verses 14 through 16, Jesus said, if you got the right character, if you, if you set it up right and your heart's right, then you won't be able to help but be salt and light. So the outside's going to come out. And even when this, uh, this guy was praying in the prayer, his heart was coming out what was on the inside. It was self-righteousness, arrogance. He didn't have a heart for God. That was for sure. And so let's look at chapter 5 and verse 17 through 20. It says this, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I didn't uh, come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will, lay by no means, will by no means pass away from the law till all is fulfilled. I'm going to stop for just a moment. You know, we're instructed in the Bible. And Jesus makes it clear. I'm so tired of people saying to me, well, you know, this part in the Bible we don't have to follow, or this part's not really true. Jesus was laying it clear. He said, hey, if you have any question if, if the Bible is true, not one letter, not one little dot, is going to be taken away from the Bible 
until everything's fulfilled. So you can hold on to the Bible that you have today is the inerrant word of God, okay? So hold on to it. And Jesus said, hey, I didn't come to change the law. I didn't come to change this book. I came to be a part of the book and fulfill the book. So it's real important. If you hear me, you hear me a lot of times saying, hey, man, be in the book. It's important. Love the book. Because Jesus said, man, the book's important. But let me continue. What, it, what else did he say? Verse 19. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men, so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. So he said, hey, you better make sure you teach the word of God correctly. Because what was happening in Jesus' day, they wasn't teaching the word correctly. And so he says, but whoever does... You act on what you know, and you teach what you know. He shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Wow. So if we know the right things, we're studying the book, and we know the right things, and we obey the right things, God says, you'll be great in the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to be great in the kingdom of heaven. I want to I stand before God one day, and he, he say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't, I don't want to miss what God tells me. I need to do. But look at verse 20 in chapter 5. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty sobering words, right? These were the guys that were promoting the standard. And Jesus goes, hey, if you're not more righteous than these guys, you'll never make it into heaven. Because what Jesus knew is those guys were putting on a show. But what God knew is their hearts. And so we're going to look at this um, in more detail today. If you look at... Uh, the next slide I'm going to share with you. We're going to go through real quick. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read all the verses, but we're going to actually go through 21 through 48 in about two or three minutes. Uh, chapter 5, those verses. And I'm going to set it up this way. Uh, on the screen you see it. It's, it says, You have heard that it was said of those of old. What was happening in Jesus' day, the rabbis, the scribes, the Pharisees, they would constantly quote other rabbis. It was called the oral law. And they, matter of fact, they got so good about quoting the oral law, well, Chad said this, or Zach said this. They were always quoting that instead of going back to the Word of God. And, and you know, Jesus taught many times, you guys follow the traditions of men, but you've, you've neglected the things God told you to do. Uh, and so... He's going back to that, and he's saying, you've heard these old sayings from the oral law? And, and man, when they, they spent hours and hours, year after year, studying and trying to come up with these traditions. And, and I believe when they started out, they probably started out trying to obey God and try to be righteous. But, boy, they got off track. And, and so they said, you have heard that it was said of old, and then uh, it says, this is what they, they said, do not murder, verse 21 in chapter 5. Do not commit adultery, verse 27. 
Uh, skipping down, verse 38, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So they were setting this, this standard. And Jesus goes, man, you, you missed it. So Jesus says this. Every time you see in, in chapter 5, he's constantly using these terms. You have heard that it was said of those of old, the, the ones before you. But this is what he says. But I say to you. Now, matter of fact, I never got this. Now, I've studied the Bible for a long time. I had never got this until this week. When people said Jesus spoke with authority, I thought, well, I thought I knew what that meant. And I got a fuller understanding this week. He wasn't quoting other rabbis. He was going, no, I'm saying to you from the word of God what it says. It's actually the word of God and you hold to the authority of the word of God. They couldn't believe it. Matter of fact, it's like, how dare you? How can you have such authority? Well, we know because he was the son of God, he could have that authority. But he shares, but I say to you, what does he say? Instead of do not murder, do not be angry with your brother. Boy, that's a big elevation of the standard, right? Not just don't murder somebody. I don't probably think anybody in this room's ever murdered someone. But I guarantee you everyone in this room's been angry at someone. He goes, if you're angry with someone in your heart, don't play church, don't stay at the altar, go to your brother or your sister and make it right. So Jesus is elevating the standard. He's, he's showing a heart issue. Uh, don't commit adultery, but Jesus, but I say to you, don't look at a woman with lust in your heart. Wow. So, you know, I, I've heard people say, man, I, I've been faithful to my husband or my wife 50 years. That's good. But Jesus says, if you've even lusted at someone in your heart, you need to repent of it. I'm elevating the standard because I want you to be righteous before God. And I was like, man, this I'm going to be honest with you guys. This sermon this week, God just kept convicting me, all, all kind of things. Just, man, Aunt Chad, I want you to be right before me, but you, you've got some things you need to work on in your heart. Because I, I could have, honestly, I could have been a little bit like the Pharisee. Man, I, I do this, I do that. And God's going, that's not the standard. Your heart's the standard. He goes on to say, an eye for an eye. Jesus says, not just an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. I tell you to love your enemies and turn the other cheek. You see, see this elevation that's going on? This unbelievable. What, what's taking place is Jesus is going, culturally, you know what you've been taught? Take care of the outside. Make the outside look good. Aren't we good at doing that in America? We can make it look good on the outside. And then you find out a marriage is crumbling and, and this is happening and that's happening and you didn't have any clue because we've got good at the externals. Jesus goes, it's not about that. You take care of the internals and then it'll come out on the external. And so Jesus is elevating the standard. Uh, matter of fact, he was, he was very um, harsh to uh, the religious leaders in Matthew 23, which is not on the screen. I, I'm just going to tell you the context and the, <clears throat> the radical teaching that Jesus was sharing, and, and people were just blown away. 
because they, they got so used to all these rules and all these rituals. And Jesus is going, no, it's about your heart. Matter of fact, it, it was so important to them, this lesson that's being taught. He said, I'm walking away from the crowd. The crowd's not going to get this. I'm going to take the disciples that really want to go deeper. You really want to be right with God? You really want to walk with God? Come up the mountain with me. And so uh, he says this about the difference of what he's teaching in Matthew 5, 17 through 20. In Matthew 23, it says it like this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You see the, the contrast? This guy's going, look at me. I'm not like everybody else. I don't murder. I give money to the church. I do all these right things. And yet this one guy that don't even think he can be right with God, he, he beats his breast and he goes, God, have mercy on me. I'm sinful. I'm wicked. I'm evil. So we see that Jesus elevated the standard. When... When I look at this book, and when I, when I really get into the book, when I get into the Word and I start reading the Word, I begin to see how filthy I am. Because we've got this holy God and the light of God shining down, and, and there's all these scriptures that come to mind. Hebrews 4.12, man, when you, when you read the, the Bible, it's like a, a piercing sword that goes through your heart, and God begins to expose you for who you are. And I'm going, God, like Peter, God, I'm a, I'm a wicked man. I'm a filthy man. God, get away from me. I, I'm, not even, I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. But so many people walk around and they, they lower the standard. Guys, is that not what we're doing in the United States of America? God, help us. What are we doing? We go, hey, it's okay if you live together. Marriage, you get married when you want to. Hey, it's okay if you, you want to say that even though you're a man, you can be a woman. What are we doing? We're lowering the standard. And God's going, no, I'm the standard. I've come to elevate the standard. The standard hasn't changed. And so... as we continue to look at how Jesus elevated the standard and how we have lowered the standard, a couple of scriptures come to my mind that, that really, I, I'm just going to be transparent. God began to prick my heart. I, I, matter of fact, guys, I, I'll be even more transparent for just a moment. I usually get up and read my Bible before I, I get up early. That's just my standard, what I do. And, and I was, I, I mean, I've been, God's been convicting me all week and I, I got up to read my Bible, and God says, no, you just, you, you just make sure you're right with me. 
and I just kept going, God, I just, I, I'm not worthy except for the blood of Christ. I'm not worthy. And I began to think of anything I needed to get right with God. I, I didn't even read my Bible this morning. I was just getting right with God, making sure I was ready uh, to meet him and, and even be able to get up here before you to share a teaching. Because this verse kept coming to mind. It's not on the screen, but Luke 16, 15, it says this. You are the ones who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your heart. And I'm like, God, I don't want to justify myself because a lot of times I do. But God, you know everything in my heart. And I'm going, God, you're the standard. You did elevate the standard. It's not about following the rules. And I'm a rule follower. I am. But God says, no, it's more than that. Jesus goes, if your righteousness doesn't exceed that of the Pharisees, the religious. And, and, and guys, I got to thinking, and, and I've done this many times, but I got to thinking, if, if, if I went right now down the four lane, Claypool Hill, and hit some of the hot spots on the four lane, and I began to ask people, at McDonald's, Walmart, Tractor Supply. Hey, do you think you're going to heaven? I guarantee you 99.9% .9 of them would tell you yes. And you know what they would tell me? Well, you know, I say, why do you think you're going to heaven? Well, I, I, you know, I, I basically do more good than bad. I'm a good person. And I would have to tell them, but that's not the standard. What's the standard? The standard is perfection. Right? Uh, in Matthew 5, 48, Jesus gives the standard. He says, be perfect, <clears throat> therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. So he's preached this incredible sermon, the whole 48 verses so far. In the last verse in the chapter, you know what he says? Hey guys, just in case you didn't understand... Your righteousness has to be more than what the Pharisees are because they're playing church. It's perfection. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 1.15. He says, be holy as I am holy. So I got good news for you. Like I told you, when I, when I look at this book, it exposes me and all of my sin. And that's a good thing because it makes me get on my face before a holy God and go, God, you're the only one that can pay the price for my sin. You're the only one that I can confess my sin and you take care of it. And so Galatians 2.16 <clears throat> says this. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ <coughs> so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law since by the works of the law no flesh will. I don't know why I'm getting choked up. I, I believe. 
believe um, somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. We can't meet the standard unless it's Christ. You know, the Bible <coughs> constantly teaches, and, and matter of fact, I'm just going to be blunt. There's a lot of good people that are looking up from hell today, wishing they had realized, man, all I did was play games, and all I did was follow rules, and my heart was far from God. I don't know where you are. I know a lot of you know Christ, and maybe for you this morning, the message is just a heart checkup. I know that's where I have been this week. Hey, God, I want to be right with you. I want my motives to be pure. I, I don't want to do things uh, for show. But maybe some of you are here today, and some of you even watching online, and you go, you know what? I have been religious, and I have done all the right things, but God knows where I really am. Because if that's you, you've got a holy God going, my arms are open wide. I'm the great high priest. I can sympathize with everything you've been through, but you have to put your faith in me because, again, the standard's perfection. And I, matter of fact, another verse just came to me. I'm going to read it. Romans 10, 3. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to God. You know, that's what a lot of people do. A lot of people in America, because we've been blessed. I mean, we really have. We've been blessed for 200-plus years financially and wealth-wise, and, and we're so blessed as a country. And they start justifying why they're right with God, no matter where they're at. It's like, well, you know, I, I, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but, you know, I, I prayed a prayer 20 years ago, and, and, and I'm like, was it real? Because, again, the Bible talks about showing fruit and showing repentance. And so maybe that might be someone today watching or even in this room where you're going, man, God, my heart's been pricked. And I'm, I'm feeling convicted about this God. If that's you, please don't leave this room. We, we come to church to worship, but we come to church to also be right with God. That's, that's one of the reasons we come. And when you're, the word of God's taught, you have a, a responsibility to obey. And <clears throat> I don't ever want to hear a sermon and not do what God tells me to do. And sometimes I fail. But my, my goal is every week when Zach teaches, God, show me something I need to do to be more like you. And, and that's my heart today. Uh, that was Jesus' heart. He wanted, he wanted everyone to know him, but many chose a different path. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Lord, I'm so thankful that you are the standard. You're holy, you're righteous, and so soon to forgive if we just come to you in a repentant mindset. God, help us to not just to have went through the motions today, help us to have really met with you, and again, 
no matter what you told us to do, I hope we have done it. And Lord, if someone's here that hasn't truly had a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that they wouldn't leave, that they would stay and talk with me or, or Zach or someone else that knows you. Thank you again, God, for what uh, you've taught us here today. In Jesus' name, amen.